You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. The views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or philosophies of the PFC Entertainment Network or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. Say what again? Say what again? everyone welcome to this week's episode of say what i remembered to do the inflection this time jason you did i'm proud of you i did that i did that (laughs) i did that you did welcome to everyone and uh it's it's been a weird week and uh my co-host jason klaus is here with me today and today i i think i'm gonna get back to basic stories that what inspire heal and unite i don't know if that falls into that category but i'm inspired we're going old school this week we're doing it's vintage it's vintage (laughs) um no because if this doesn't inspire heal and unite others i'm inspired i'm feeling a little healed i'm feeling united i don't know i feel like a heel yes that part (laughs) um no i don't know um, I, I shared with you off air that uh, typically what will happen during the course of a week leading up to a recording of an episode is something will happen. Um, some event, some some moment of inspiration, like, hey, what do I want to talk about? Or I'll try to go get a guest or something. And this has been a weird week. It, I don't even know what it is, but it's been a weird week. And none of that happened. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to talk about? What are we going to talk about today? And about an hour ago, uh, thank God for, I know we've discussed the, uh, the ills of social media, but sometimes it shows up for you. And, uh, I saw this in an algorithm, like in one of my feeds and I went, yes, I want to thank me. I want everyone listening to thank themselves too. So this isn't about me. I'm going to use my, my example, and I'm sure you will have plenty to chime in on today, but just take whatever we're talking about, listeners, and apply it to yourself. Thank yourself. And um, I think this is a uh, a topic of absolute self-growth personified, because I couldn't have had an episode like this a year ago. I absolutely would not. I would have felt so uncomfortable and embarrassed, but I'm not embarrassed. So, why is that, though? 
Why would you feel embarrassed about that? Um, well, we actually talked about this a little bit on the last episode, and I know that it has come up in others. Um, I'm a very not me us person. I, I told you, I love to project manage, but I like working with groups of people. I don't enjoy taking credit for things. And remember, I told you there's a difference between respect and glory. Yes. You can respect me or I can respect you for the work you do, your work ethic, the way you treat people, how you conduct yourself. But I don't necessarily glorify you and make it. It's not about ego. It's about the work, right? Like, or, or the effort in whatever passion you're pursuing. So because of that, I think I never really got to a point where it's been very recently where I could verbalize that. Like, I do want to be validated and respected, as do we all, but I do not need to be glorified. I never have. Like, and I think in the world we live in, there's a difference and that different, those lines get real blurred. And so real it's blurred. just real blurred. And there's people, and look, we all have egos. We all have, you know, we want to feel good about ourselves. We want to feel worthy. We want to feel loved. We want to feel, these are all human things. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I think when you get caught up in doing things for ego, for glory, and you're not doing them because the work or the effort is important where you've earned respect through just selfless diligence. You know what I mean? It's just different. So for me to come here a year later after going through this last year and a half that I've personally been through and be able to do an episode called I Want to Thank Me, that's growth because I'm saying it in a sense of um, you'll get it as we go through it. Like, I think it'll be more clear, but I know you've had kind of a kooky week and I've had a weird week. I don't know. So we'll just see where we go from here. Um, but before we dive into this, and of course, this was all inspired by, it always comes back to music. It always comes back to music for me. Um, it's like a theme I didn't plan in my life, but this was all inspired by the one and only. Snoop Dogg. Oh. National treasure. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, gin and juice, man. I wish we'd <laughs> have brought some to, uh, to, to just parlay for this episode. Um, no, so what had happened, um, I'll save the asides for the end, actually. Let's get right into the topic. Um, the, so back in 2018... Snoop Dogg got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which is really interesting because I must not have walked the, I mean, we walked a lot in downtown LA. I did not see his star. So I must have missed a block or something, but he did get a star on the Walk of Fame. And, you know, people like Dr. Dre and other people were there, you know, giving their little speeches, you know, ahead of, of him getting his star. And... He thanked numerous people at that time, you know, for their support over the years and efforts and, you know, help helping him get to where he was. We've talked about that. Nobody really technically gets anywhere without others. Like you cannot do it all by yourself, at least not in the world we live in. Right. Um, 
But then he said something that honestly, Snoop can say whatever he wants. Like he's that guy. Like old little white ladies just love him now because of Martha Stewart. And like he's he is a national treasure. But back when I grew up with him, <laughs> you know, he was part of the problem, right? Like right. um the drug culture and the, you know, he just he didn't get his flowers until much later in life. But this was his speech, and I'm going to read it to you. It's short. He said, I want to thank me for believing in me. I want to thank me for doing all this hard work. I want to thank me for having no days off. I want to thank me for never quitting. I want to thank me for always being a giver and trying to give more than I receive. I want to thank me for trying to do more right than wrong. I want to thank me for being me at all times. Snoop Dogg, you a bad motherfucker. <laughs> that was his speech. And I was like, bro, that, yes, yes. And I, 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 re I had heard it before. And I feel like there was another female actress recently, just in the last year or two, who gave a similar, not verbatim, but a kind of similar speech at like the Emmys or, you know, it was something like that. Yeah. And man, I was like... I loved this so much because he wasn't saying these things to discredit the time, the effort of his friends, the engineers, the, the musicians, the family, the fans. He was saying, I earned this shit is what he was saying. I worked my ass off to not only be a world you know, filthy rich and a worldwide, you know, superstar musician, but also a businessman, a TV and content creator, um, a philanthropist. Uh, you know, he, it was his life's work. He didn't make a few hits in the 90s and then just bounce out and buy a bunch of gold chains and then walk away. No, right. like he has invested in economy, <laughs> like in the, in the GDP, you know, um, but he's also done a lot of work with, um, you know, he's from, I, I don't want to quote where he's from, but I think he's like from Compton or like he's from the air, you know, the, the, the LA area. He still lives there. He still invests his time and his resources there and his community, kids, restaurants, like, you know what I mean? He's an entrepreneur for sure. But to just, I'm not going to make a whole episode about Snoop Dogg, but I wanted to talk about this speech. And man, that sure as hell resonated with me. Like, I went, yes, I do want to thank me for believing in me. Like, if when this time 16 months ago, I was sitting in a bathtub trying to find the will to live. Just laying there. I told you, Sean called me and was like, come up for karaoke. You need to sing. Nope, I'm not leaving my house. And somehow something in me just went, okay, just go. And of course, you know, finding music again and my voice and, you know, and just finding this like creative space um, was very life-saving for me. Um, but somewhere along the way, it, there's not like a moment or this one thing happened that changed everything. It was the, the little moments. It's the, it's a, it's a, it compounds, right? Like, Taking time to another thing that's been in my head all week is go where you grow. I don't even know where that cliche came from, but it just, it's been in my head all week. 
And it's like, I personally, like many, many people, spend their whole year, decades of their life giving your time, your health, your energy, your body, your ideas, your money, all of it, you giving it to your job, giving it to your family, giving it to your friends, giving it to nonprofit organizations, giving it to politics, giving it to whatever that you just get, you just, and there comes a point where I think we're told, or we're as a society, like if you give to yourself, whether that's give yourself your own time, give yourself your own money, give yourself your own um, energy and passion. And, and like, you know, like Cat Williams always says, like, take care of your star player. You know what I mean? You are your star player. You cannot give from an empty cup. You cannot be your best self to everyone around you if you are not giving to yourself. And that's not a selfish thing. That doesn't mean you don't help other people or love other people. It just, if you give everything you have to everyone and you're a shell at the end of it. And so I, in a very uncomfortable way, have spent the last 16 months learning to believe in myself for myself, not for what I can do for other people or how I can, you know what I mean? Like I've been selfish, but in the most healthy way. And now here I am on the other side of all of that. And I'm like, yeah, what you need me to help you move or clean out your basement. Cool. Like, not like I don't feel compelled to have to do that to earn the respect of other people. You know what I mean? Like just constantly just overextended plates. Your plate's not even overflowing. You got 52 plates. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I've just been able to impart this to my daughter is like, you can do a couple of things real well. Or you can try to do 27 things half-ass. Like you can't overextend yourself in these clubs. And I'm speaking from lived experience. It's not because I'm so smart. It's I've been through it, you know. And so at the end, I this last week, I have just been like, man, I've had moments this week where I started typing like a response to, you know, like on a like on a Facebook post. And I stopped and I went this ain't even my damn business. This doesn't even matter to me. Like a delete, like get on, go make yourself a coffee. Like, you know, (laughs) like exercising some self-control, some restraint and being, being so self-aware about like, Oh, I should tell him, you know what? I ain't telling him shit. I'm telling them nothing. Like my gift, my time, my energy, my words, my love, my friendship, my, my cooking, my everything. It is a gift. It is a gift that I give to you. And if you're not in my life and you don't, this isn't, or not even you, but like, if this shit don't apply to me, why am I giving you my gift? Cause you certainly aren't talking to me right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just cherishing your own, like valuing yourself, respecting yourself. And just being able to say, remember with the Buddhist monk, no. Yeah. I said no. And I'm like, but now I'm telling myself no. Like, no. This ain't your fight. Get over here and get on with your life. Like, you know what I mean? It's not that you don't care, but you ain't got to be up in every damn thing. You are acknowledging your self-worth, number one. Yes. 
And number two, yes. you have prioritized, you use the word gift. What you bring to the table is truly a gift because nobody else brings to the table what you do. So the fact that you are aware of your self-worth, not a lot of people are. That's why you are going down the path and the way you are you know, because I very much am like you in the aspect that I see something, it triggers, and I will go do write something. And much like you, like, what the fuck am I doing? This has nothing. <laughs> Why? Because the time that I'm putting into this, even, you know, response or what have you, I'm not getting any of that back in a positive and or, per, or, or productive manner. So why am I even bothering? Why right. why am I putting my time and effort into something like that? So I love well, the fact you know, that you are in tune like that. Well, and it's very new. This is new. Very new. No, I hear you because I too am reestablishing my self-worth after years yeah. of having it be su suppressed. It's and I knew I told you because you had not heard that speech or knew what was going on. I was like, I think you're going to love today's episode. I think you're going to have some good, some really good and passionate uh, responses <laughs> to mm -hmm. some of the content I want to talk about. But it's funny because I, if I take what you just said and what I just said and like, just kind of put a little extra gloss on it. There, when I... And I think this is when you know the difference between someone who truly has a giving heart. And, and it doesn't always, that doesn't necessarily mean money or anything. It just, that's who the spirit of the essence of who they are. They're fine. They're always show up or they'll help. And, and not everybody can be everywhere all the time, but like I can leave commentary. I have tons of people on social media that I've known throughout my life who we don't talk every day. Of course we don't. They live here, you know, they were from a different era of my life, but we've still stayed connected, which I think is such an amazing thing. That doesn't mean I'm not going to ever like, <clears throat> if you're sick, leave a word of encouragement or, you know, oh, that doesn't apply. I don't mean it like that. But drama, stupid shit, local shit, just stuff that like, <clears throat> as if you're someone who's very active in whatever world you're in everything's your business because you're involved with it. You know, even if it's just by association or the big picture of it, maybe not every detail and every story, but the big picture, if you're very involved, it, it feels appropriate to give your own commentary. And in this particular situation where I, where it happened, I was actually kind of associated with the situation from before, right? And it's like an ongoing situation that has now bled into other people's, like it's affected more than just me, you know what I mean? So I felt like righteous if I had left that comment, I felt like it's applicable. But the fact that I stopped and went, I don't, I, this has nothing, I, it does have something to do with me, but not really, not this instance, right? Like. And if I leave this here, this is going to open a can of worms where now I'm pulled back into someone else's bullshit. 
not my own part of the story. And I don't, I've just walked away from this. I don't, I don't need to be involved. I don't need to leave my opinion. Not everyone's got it. And see, that's the thing as someone who chats so much is learning that I don't have to give my damn opinion about every single thing in the entire world. Um, I could, there's nothing wrong with it, but I don't have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just that moment where I went, I didn't just go, nah, I'm not going to post that. That's not right. That's not what it was. It was totally valid and, and very professional, by the way. It wasn't like emotional or anything. Just the fact that I recognized it and went, no, I, I, I don't, this doesn't even concern me. They've got this. I'm good. I'm walking away, delete and walk away. That may sound so minuscule to some people, but for me, that is like, I recognized in the moment, it was like saying no to the monk. Like, you did that. Like, you thought about it and made a a quick decision that was healthy for you, and you walked away. And I think that uh, sometimes we put a lot of focus on big, big steps, big outcomes. And sometimes, like I said, it's just the little things that compound And then one day you just wake up and go, how did I even get here? Like, I I feel that way. Like a year and a half ago to now, it's like, I know some of the things that very much contributed to it, but you don't just wake up one day and go, I feel changed. It just slowly happens. And it's in these moments where you change your habits or you change your reactions that I feel like is when you recognize that change has happened. You know what I mean? And so... I want to thank me for believing in me. And I want to thank me for doing all this hard work. And I'll be damned if I've ever had a day off. Maybe from work, but never from my life, you know. And for never quitting. I'm going to reread that. I want to thank me for never quitting. I want to thank me for always being a giver and trying to give more than I receive. I want to thank me for trying to do more right than wrong. I want to thank me for being me at all times. Kristen, you a bad motherfucker. Jason, you're a bad motherfucker. Like, you know, like just change that narrative. Like I should print that shit out and put it on my mirror. <laughs> Probably like, should. Um, put that shit on a T. Te- well, I don't think we can. That would be a copyright infringement. But like. No, but <coughs> there's nothing that says, I, you know, I, I, well, you I can quote, take those Snoop words. Dogg. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on a cool background and print it out, frame it. The next thing you know, there's your motivation for the day. I can mm-hmm. appreciate this because this is something that I'm trying to get used to, acclimated to. And it's it actually took, like Sean, it took mm-hmm. Amy, uh, because these, these are two that have gone on their respective airwaves and... I have, I have maintained, and I know you're like this too, to some to some degree. Is I don't do well with compliments, and, right? Right. But at the same time, somewhere in the recesses of my brain, I like I do need that <coughs> validation that what I'm doing is making a difference, or is helping somebody, or allowing them to achieve a dream, whatever the case may be. Like I. I, I guess the ego part of me that I have a pretty good, you know, grasp on in terms of being able to keep that thing at bay. Um, 
But my ego does need to be fed that from time to time. Everybody's does. Everybody needs to know that what they do matters. And if they feel like it doesn't matter, the other side kicks and is like, then what is the point of any of this? Why am I doing this? And then you have another side side conversation. Well, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I really want to provide people with opportunity to to achieve their dreams? Or am I doing this for some self-serving thing? And that is a conversation that you have to have with yourself. Everybody does, but you have to be honest with yourself. But there, in this day and age, there is nothing wrong with receiving the flowers that you have earned for legitimate reasons. Yep. Speaking of, here's a here's an offshoot because you talked about flowers. I had a. Um, a cute little I mean this is also about self-care too like and I think I don't want to put it just on moms because there's a lot of single parents including yourself out there you know what I mean like dads and and other family units that are just trying to take care of their kids or their pets or their family members you know what whatever it is whatever your family looks like or your situation looks like where you know you always take care of your kids first or you're taking care of your, you know what I mean? Like you don't put yourself first. Right. And I think that if we, if we take this subject to our, from our individual selves into incorporating that into our, our, our intimate lives, not our friends, not our organizations, not our jobs. I'm talking about our families, whatever that unit looks like to you. Um, my mother and I kind of had a conversation about this, I don't know, a while ago, I've talked about it with my, you know, Angela, friend of the show, my friend, like moms in my life that, you know, when it's a very patriarchal and old school way of thinking, but it is very much our society's way of thinking, which is when you choose to be, well, I say choose to become a parent, not everybody chooses to become a parent, but when you become a parent, or you take on maybe a disabled sibling. I have people in my life like that who took on a sibling that, you know, the parents are older, can't do it anymore. When you're taking care of a sick relative, your own parents as they're aging, whatever that is for you, that somehow if you put yourself first, and this particularly applies to women, you're a bad mom, you're selfish, you're an asshole, whatever it is. I know my mother and many women of her generation, their kids came before their spouse. Like, you know, the kids are the most important thing, not the spouse. Now, that's a whole other conversation like that we could go way deep into, but on a very surface level, I started like recognizing that as a very young child that my mom focused on us and not my dad, but my parents were very different and they led, led very different lives and they figured it out, made it work. But that whole concept of like when the empty nest happens, when the kids go off, then what? Now you're stuck with this person you've been with for 20 years and you, you're not the same person 20 years, like right now that you were 20 years ago, just normally. Right. And so if you only make your marriage about your children 
and don't find balance for each other, now you're just with some stranger 20 years down the line. You know what I mean? And your kids are gone. And like, you know, a lot of parents are like, oh, they go through empty nest shit. Now, I did cry a tear or two when my daughter went off to college. But isn't that the goal that we raise good humans to go be productive adults? And your hope, and I am very blessed in this way, my husband and I have excellent adult relationships with our kids. But we cultivated that over their entire life. You know what I mean? We didn't make it like, I am the parent, you are the child, you are to be seen, not heard. Like, we didn't do it the way that generations before us did it. And most people don't anymore. But to come full circle back to taking care of your star player, my mom and I, as mothers, having an adult conversation, she kind of doesn't understand like well you know when you when you chose to have children you just have to go without and you can't do and whatever and if you think about that dads really like you know historically and societally speaking have you know provide the providers right we provide and but dads always could stop at the bar and go get a beer on the way home from work Dads could not do the dishes. Dad, like, you know what I mean? It always fell on women. Like, you're supposed to have the sex. You're supposed to birth the kids. Then you're supposed to give up your entire life and be covered in poop and puke and wash the dishes, do all the laundry, make sure the kids are making straight A's, give the teacher gifts, go to all the bullshit, drive them everywhere, and then just do that. And then when they leave, you take care of your man. And then, oh, now I'm a grandma. So now I got to babysit all the babies and I got to like your whole life is not your own. And I do not subscribe to that belief at all. And most women of this day and age do not either. You know what I mean? Like people that as women had more rights and checkbooks and able to go into the workforce and um, have a autonomy over their life and their future. Society shifted. I, I don't think the culture it's very uncomfortable, culturally speaking, but I think women recognize that, that like, no, I can go get my pedicure. And if I want to be ridiculous and go to Target and stand in line at two in the morning to get a stupid water cup called Stanley, I don't even know what the hell that thing was about. I don't even drink water, so I don't have this problem. <laughs> but, but you know what, if that's what they want to do, do it. Whatever makes you happy because you matter, like... You don't cease to exist because of your relationship, because of your children, because of your job, because like you matter. And I, now that doesn't mean, well, now I got kids. Well, you came out the, the hoochie hole, like go feed yourself. Like you're on your own sister. That obviously you got to take care of your babies, but I'm just saying like. The hoochie hole. The best I could come up with. What? Life, I don't know. <laughs> this is one catchphrase after another this week. I'm <laughs> loving it. I'm just saying, like, so there, everything in life is about balance. And I think that also includes work. It includes your personal relationships. But it definitely, as someone, I can only speak for myself, finding balance in the giving of your time and your energy and your thoughts and your, you know what I mean? And I don't regret 
a lot of, you know, I don't regret the work that I've been a part of over the last five years. It was a lot of work and it, and it, it couldn't be done in baby increments. It had to be like it, that work required someone to give it their all. You had to be all in. I had to be in order to, to get where we even are today for my local stuff. But I had a lot of guilt about walking away. And then I got over that. I didn't get over it. I processed it and realized I have nothing to be feel guilty about and be proud of, you know, different things I've been a part of. Some of them have been successes. Some have been failures, but I tried. I, I, I paved paths where there weren't any and uh, many other people have done the same, you know, in that spirit of, it was like a renaissance. It's like a renaissance or something. Like everybody was like finding something to really invest like meaning into. But then I came to this conclusion that there is absolutely nothing wrong. I have meaning and you have meaning and whoever's listening has meaning and there is nothing wrong with investing that time, energy, love, self-care, money, effort, energy into yourself. That doesn't mean you don't care about other people, but it just means that there's nothing wrong for taking care of yourself. And then Hopefully, I think by that you show people or you inspire people or you become an example to your children, to your community, to your friends, to your coworkers that you can still come to work and do a great job and you can have personal fulfillment and happiness in your own life for your and you can love who you are, be happy with that. And you can also, by being fulfilled in that way, give your the best version of yourself to those that you allow to to be around you and those that are in your life. You know, it, it's actually a more healthy, balanced way of getting things done. And I've never thought of it that way before. Like, I thought that seems like I'm an asshole. I'm selfish if I do that. But here I am. I, under, I understand that because not so many uncertain terms, <clears throat> I was told that. Anytime that I had made any kind of plan or expressed any kind of desire or something along these lines, more often than not, and I'm not trying to play the role of victim here because I'm not a victim. No, no. But I'm I'm explaining how shit was and why there has been such a dramatic shift in my life based solely on a lot of what you're talking about here, because anytime that I expressed anything of, of a desire or a want or something that I looked at or sought or was working towards, I was more often than not shut down. No, you, you, we don't, we don't have time. We don't have money. We don't have this. We don't have that right. for what you need. Well, well, hang on a second. <laughs> How are you going to tell me that? When, because the, the old school mentality that you described where a lot of the household duties, responsibilities, roles fell on the woman and the man went to work and he was allowed to have his, his time on his way home, stop by the bar, have a beer with his buddies, what have you. I never adopted that philosophy because I saw that as a young kid and I saw and I recognized how hard my mom 
worked at home. And this is on top of working a full-time job at the post office. But she was raised old school in the fact that she took care of her kids, she took care of her man, and then she took care of herself. Yeah. Okay. And like I saw that from a very early age. So when I became an adult, I was getting involved in very serious relationships, marriages, things of this nature. I made a concentrated effort to go, I mean, all in on everything, household chores, <coughs> the roles and responsibilities, you know, especially when, when my kids were born. Like, I wanted to make sure that I did everything I could to bring as much to the, to the table as I, as I possibly could, right? But now, what, what, what I found out, what I found out was happening with me and I know a lot of other men you know go through this because I've had conversations with it is we're the ones that start getting taken advantage of we're the ones that start to feel like we're being you know belittled or held down or we are no longer an adult we are now that additional child because that's how we're being talked to treated things of this nature what we want what we need takes a back seat and I'm sorry, but I, as a man, you're only going to put up with that for so long. Now, for right. me, it took me a little bit longer than most people did. It took me 18 years to finally say, you know what? Fuck all of this. this I am miserable. Because eventually it starts to attack every fiber of your being internally. The way you think, the way you you correspond with people, you start to become a shell of your own self. And it's because I forgot who the fuck I was. I did not realize what my self-worth was because I allowed the dictation and the commentary of somebody else's view of my self-worth to become the, the, the dominant thought on all of that to the point where I'm yeah. like, I am not good for anybody right now. I'm not good for me. I'm not good to, I'm not good for my kids. I'm not good for anybody because I don't know who the, who the hell I am. I do now. And because right. I took the steps that I took, I'm now selfish, Kristen. I am now public enemy. Number one, I am the asshole of the equation. I'm the heel. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. So, you know, it's easy to, put all women on one side and all men on the other because that's the way it's been for the for for generations well, i definitely will and and maybe we could be a little more i definitely want to be more inclusive on my show but there's there's the social gender norms you know through all ages of society and you know in, in all generations but you know I'm not even separating it at this point by just clearly men and women because men have their own shit. We have our own shit because we've been taught these obligations that what is the role of a man? What is the role of a woman? What is the role of children? What is our role as an employee? Because our only job, like I told, we talked about this even on when we alluded to it about COVID and during the shutdown, like, you know, during the last episode, I think that was the worst possible 
worst possible thing for a capitalist society because our job like the 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 myth is all we are is producers that's it your job needs you to produce 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 so that they can produce a product and make a billion dollars so i don't care who you work for it could be starbucks it could be the big three it could be the little uh, insurance agency that's mom and pop down the street it does not matter when they hire you it is ingrained in our society that we are producers we have to be in order for the society to function properly th the way it's set up and we're supposedly compensated for our production which is completely um disproportionate to the profits that are being made okay so we are already not paid our worth right we are told that our desires our passions our dreams what we want what we feel what we think doesn't fucking matter we are our our job is to be born and come out the hoochie hole and then sacrifice for the rest of our life till we die. Sacrifice for your friends, sacrifice for your family, sacrifice for your job, sacrifice for the country, sacrifice for, like, our job is to be martyrs for, for the cause of freedom. What fucking freedom? What freedom? What freedom? Yeah, we can say what we want. We are blessed to be able to do this podcast and put it out there, but the trade-off is bullshit, okay, right now, like as far as worth and compensation. So while that's more of a societal thing, I bring it still back into the home because you have whatever your unit looks like, whether you're a single parent, whether you're gay, straight, bi, trans, whatever your family looks like, like, you know what I mean? It doesn't even matter anymore. It's like you're a person who is trying to get through a world where the game is rigged, you're, you're shamed if you're not sacrificing and appear selfish. And then you're potentially with a partner who also is, you know, experiencing the same societal situation. And you're trying to figure it out and go like, what? But this just didn't resonate with my spirit. Because see, when my children were little, everybody looked at us like we were weird as hell. Because one... I went back to work. My husband quit his job and stayed home and raised Zoe for three years. He did all the nighttime puking, pooping, changing, bottle feeding. He did all that. I, and I don't remember, he would probably have to tell you the exact like quote, but there's like this one experience that I remember because <coughs> I didn't work normal hours. I was working crazy hours <coughs> and I couldn't produce enough milk because of the hours and the stress and you know what I mean to nurse her and I never had an affinity for nursing my kids anyway I don't want any part of it I'm like mm -mm. At one more person needs me I don't like juice I don't like body juice I don't want to deal with I'm weird I just I just didn't have this um I love my children but I I'm not obsessed with my kids like in the role of mother does that make sense like Absolutely. I I just didn't feel like I didn't 
enjoy being pregnant. I don't glorify that. Like, I, I mean, I think it's fascinating. I think it's cool that I did it, but I wasn't one of those people that's just like rubbing my belly and just like, mm, I just want to have all the babies. Like that was not me at all. In fact, I don't even birth kids. They were all cut out of me. I'm like, I don't birth kids. Like they just get removed. Like, <laughs> um, now I paid some prices down the line for those surgeries, but whatever is what it is. But I'll never forget. I came home from work one night, I think. And I, I was nursing Zoe at the time. So this had to be in the first three months because that's as long as I could do it. And I sat there and I think she was nursing and Charles walked. I don't even remember how it went down, but I said something like, I feel, I do not feel maternal like, or something. And he's like, you're literally nursing a kid. I don't even remember the exact situation, but I was like, but as women, like, you're also told like, there's something weird and wrong about you for wanting to go back to work and not wanting to stay home with your kids or not wanting to have, you know, God bless her or God bless your kids, but leeches sucking the juice and life out of you. Like, that's just not something that I find appealing. Never have. Um, I see people with kids now and I'm like, oh my God, they're so cute. And they're like, oh, I'm like, Oop. there's a snot bubble in that nose. I'm out. Like, I'm gone. <laughs> like, I don't, nope, not for me. Um, but that's because, and then people would look at you and my mom would be like, Kristen, Kristen. Like, and I'm like, what? I don't want to do that. Like, I'll pay their tuition for ballet. Like, what do you want from me? Like, I don't, I'll hug them. None of my kids even like being hugged. It's a thing. That's their own thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I love you. But I, I think we put parameters on what love is and how to show it. And it's different for every person. You know what I mean? So, and with, Men, people are like, well, your husband's just staying home raising kids. Yeah. So what? He's the person who has the patience to do it. He wants to do it. He enjoys doing it. Why would I subject my children to my bitchy self who doesn't want to be doing those things? Why not let them have a parent that does the things they're really good at and they're passionate about? And then I, I did it in my own way. And I'm very close with all of our kids, all of them. But you have to do what's right for you. And then you give that best version of what you have to give to the others around you. And then it works out. But if you try to force someone in, to do things that are not natural to them, they're resentful. And that and energy, man, the energy, your kids pick up on that shit. You know what I mean? So it's like you have to, everyone, there is no right way. You know what I mean? Like you have to do what works for your situation. And I think though that it's weird because even though we're now we're kind of into the family discussion, it still all falls back on whoever the parent is, male, female, same-sex marriage, I don't care who you are. There are roles in all units and relationships and jobs and organizations and friend circles that you have to be able to be yourself and you, it doesn't mean you can just be a dick to everybody. I'm just saying like, you should want to work on yourself and continue to fine tune and, and give some attention to what brings you joy, what makes you a, the best version of you so that you're able to share that with everyone around you. 
instead of trying to do what you feel is obligation to be perceived as doing what you're supposed to do. And I don't think there's a, a, there's a standard like that. We're all like, there's this idea of what it's supposed to look like. And I mean, I'm very thankful that I, I live in this time where people are able to just dress the way they want, go live in a fricking teepee. If you want somewhere, go like, you know what I mean? Just like, and we talked about that, like during the shutdown, like people had to get creative again. People had to start thinking and exploring and figuring out like, or they got, they got time from work and went, I hate my job. I hate this. I'm missing everything with my kids for a place that doesn't give a fuck about me. Only what I can produce. Your boss does not give a shit if you're going through an emotionally hard time. Got that right. Your coworkers don't give a shit. They don't care. Like, not because they're mean, but they don't care. They're worried about them. You know what I mean? And we just, we stress and stress and stress. And no wonder we all have heart disease and diabetes and cancer and everything else. Like, because we're always living our life as a sacrifice to everything other than, that. that's not even, man, I feel like I told you that story from last night. I won't go deep, but. I told you I was solving all the world's problems yeah. <laughs> karaoke last night. Um, not intentionally. It was just I had taken some medication and I was in a headspace and it hit me a little weird. So I got deep and I was like thinking though, <sighs> I lost my train of thought, Jason. What did I say before that? What you was- got you got deep. At, at karaoke last night but it was right before that well, there was a reason I don't know what happened but anyway <laughs> it doesn't matter my point here is this you if you only live your life for other people that is not even remotely how we are biologically created we are literally biologically created to survive hunt and gather But no, like biologically, we were created to hunt, gather, survive. Like it was very primitive. You know what I mean? And then, of course, we've evolved over however many years we've been in existence. But everything we do is against our biology. Like animals take care of their young and then they wean their ass and they're like, figure it out. I got to survive like everything in our ecosystem is like that. Like everything, they all kind of work together. But if you are taking care of yourself and your job and doing your best work it and everyone else is doing that too, then it all works. But we don't. We're it's backwards. Like, you know, it's scrambled. It's just weird. So I think it's a real blessing to have this like epiphany for myself I you know I can't make everybody else think that too but like it just got to this point where I was like man I fucking matter like what I want to do where I want to go it matters what my husband wants to do and where he wants to go it matters where my kids want to like so let's all invest in ourselves in what we, you know, what gives us joy and makes us happy, but also balance that with 
you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't know, like I, maybe I'm not articulating it in the most eloquent way, but that's, I just feel like the fact that I got to this point for me, when I heard that speech today, I was like, man, I can always count on Snoop. You use the word epiphany. Smoking in those, sipping on gin and, maybe we need to drink gin and juice. I don't know. We're back to that word juice again. If I, That's come up I, a lot in this episode. I hate that word. I actually have it on my notes as far as catchphrases for new merchandise ideas for the online store. <laughs> Was it body, body juice? Body juice and hoochie holes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. Oh, it's funny. Good. Well, I have to share this with you. Mm. Because I think, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I've said all I really want to say about this particular subject. Um, okay. I mean, I don't mean you can't say more. I just like, I think that's the gist. It was just this, just want to thank me for believing in me. I'm going to read that again. I want to, I, in fact, everyone listening, say this to yourself. I want to thank me for believing in me. I want to thank me for doing all this freaking hard work. I want to thank me for having no days off. I want to thank me for never quitting. I want to thank me for always being a giver and trying to give more than I receive. I want to thank me for trying to do more right than wrong. I want to thank me for being me at all times. Insert your name. You're a bad motherfucker. That's an affirmation. Put that shit on a mirror. Say it every day. A couple of minutes ago, you used the word epiphany. Yeah. You had this epiphany. <clears throat> now, a lot of people are going to hear this episode this week, and they're going to pinpoint various aspects of our conversation that is applicable to their lives here and now. Yes. Now, generally, it comes down to one side of the equation or the other. You have the one person or the one type of person that is going to hear that and instantaneously the light bulb is going to go off in their head and all of a sudden they're going to start realizing the way things have been in their particular life that they're not necessarily happy with or it's not firing on all cylinders. Some changes are coming and they're coming relatively quickly. The other one is the one who waits until the very end. And what I mean by the very end, I mean when uh, they look back on their lives, when they have reached an age where um, they have more days behind them than they do in front of them. Yep. And they, they look back on their journey, their path, their life, and they're like, where the fuck did my time go? Mm. Why, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? And the next thing you know, there's all kinds of of regrets or gosh, I wish I could have or should have or would have or whatever the case may be. Now I'm here to tell you, and this is me, this is just my personal thing. Take it or leave it, that's fine. I take no offense. But as somebody who woke up one day after a culmination, and it was and like you said, it's not like a, I just woke up one day and decided I don't like my life, so I'm going to put everything in disarray and turmoil. It was a long time leading up to that. Right. But as somebody who 
uh, regained their self-worth and made a concentrated effort to make changes, although I knew it was not going to be easy. Although I knew there was going to be a lot of bullshit I was going to have to navigate through, what I can tell you is that internal peace that you achieve when you get to that point is well worth the shitstorm that you are inevitably going to have to go through. It's just part of the process. But what you get out of it on the other side of it is one of the greatest gifts you will ever have bestowed upon you. And it's not anything that you buy at the store or Amazon or anything like that. It goes so much deeper than that because it is your self-worth and your self-worth is one of the greatest gifts life can bestow upon you. If you're willing to accept it. I agree. And you know what? Um, I think it's been a theme. This is, I think episode 21, maybe. Okay. So, we had a little, I don't know, there was that couple weeks where you weren't able to, we couldn't schedule, you know, recording. So let's, let's even just say though, four, eight, 12, 16, 20. So for about six and a half months now, I've been doing this podcast. It's changed. I've had to figure it out. I've, you know, started out with a bunch of guests and wanted to be on a theme. And then <laughs> it was just my life. And then it was birthday parties. And it, I mean, it's been a little bit of everything. And for some people who maybe started out listening to this show and were like, yeah, I dig this, this vibe. And then it kind of changed on them because I, I was going through a process. Evolving. We all are, but like, I, I don't know, like the way this show has shifted is very much a personification of, of how I've been shifting now. I will be honest with you. I would love to have more guests on my show. I know a million people. I could have packed this show for the last six months with all kinds of topics and guests. I don't think people realize how difficult it is to get a person who has never been on an air or of any kind. They're anxious, right? Secondly, trying to coordinate three schedules on top of our schedules. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's a lot of work. And so then I just kind of drifted into like, I I don't want to put that much stress on myself trying to, you know, herd cats, if you will. Sure. I think we did a whole episode called Herding Cats, if I recall correctly. Yep. Um, so I let go of that. Now, I did see Sean Grugel last night and I did tell him, I said, hey. I don't know when, could be sometime in the next month, maybe two, doesn't matter to me, but sometime in the future, I want you to come be a guest on my show. Like, I want to bring Sean into this equation. And I said, I'm not sure what we'll talk about yet. I don't know what it's going to be. Something will come up, but I would love to get, you know, I just love his wit and I I just like what he brings to the table. Um, And I thought it would be fun, but I got to thinking last night, I would love to do... I like watching reaction videos. I think they're funny. (laughs) Some of them suck, but um, since I love music so much, I particularly like watching the ones on YouTube of vocal coaches Mm -hmm. that are like watching, like people will submit a song like that was done by someone or a cover song that was done, you know, incredible. And then these vocal coaches will like react, but they're also teaching you and talking about bravado and, you know, what they're doing with their voice. And the arrangements and stuff like that. And I just find that educational and and entertaining. 
like because I love music so much. But I like I don't remember what video it was I was watching last night. It was something, but it was some funny reaction video. And I was like, oh, my God. How fun would it be to have you and Sean and me on and do like a couple reaction videos to I don't even know what they are yet. Like, I just I want to do a weird off the beaten path episode like that. Like, I think it would be fun. I'm here for it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I can't even, like, I refuse to pigeonhole myself anymore. And I think I've slowly come to that through this process of what we've been talking about today is if I change, then you, my show changes with me. You know what I mean? Like, I cannot just... I feel very stagnant in my life right now, but I also feel very like, like somewhere in me because I am taking care of myself. I have, I, I have the will to dream again, to, to change and be okay with that. Like, I, you know what I mean? And it doesn't mean it's going to happen today, but just the, the opportunities out there, if it comes across, you know? So that being said, it'll be in the fall, but I cannot wait. I told you I had spent literally three straight days, three days researching, looking at, you know, how I told you I'm a master of finding road trips and the cheap and the, you know, whatever. I plotted this entire trip that was Yellowstone and Utah. I'm like, I'm going to do the North Midwest, the Pacific Northwest or whatever they call it. And literally in one day, uh, Amy, that you're now friends with, our friend Amy mm -hmm. that went on the last trip with me, came down to visit me and Charles this past week, which is really exciting. I'm so happy I've gotten to spend more time with her over the last couple like this last month, like, because she moved and I don't get to see her very often. Um, and she drove down here from Hazel Park and stayed for a while to visit with us. And she was interested, like we had been talking about doing this trip and we both sat here, we talked, we talked, we'd been talking on text and stuff. And it ultimately came out that all of us just wanted to go back to Joshua Tree. Like nobody, like we want to go other places, but she goes, I feel like it's calling me back. And I was like, I'm so glad you feel that way. And I was like, within 24 hours, we flipped the script, changed it all, booked everything. Like, I, it's done. And, like, just knowing that I get to go back there and what date it's going to happen is, like, so exciting. I couldn't wait to go to the ATM today and pull out $20 and stick it in my little jar. <laughs> like, my little my little trippy jar, you know? Right. Um, but also like I had talked to Charles about it. Cause like, we're trying to get him down to San Antonio uh, in the fall too, to go see his son. And you know what I mean? And just kind of get him out of here and out of the bubble and let, you know, that's what he wants to do. And that's important. And, you know, and my kids got stuff going on and it's just like, I don't know. I'm so excited, but guess where I'm going to end this trip that we've planned because it's not as crazy as most of them. It's actually a lot more docile, but guess where I'm going to be. I'm going to be standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. <laughs> the, as much as I have been talking about the doors, by the way, I just mm -hmm. want you to know, like 
let it be on the record. The Eagles are my favorite band of all time. All time. CCR is number two. Okay. Like, forever. And then the doors are up there, like, in that top 20 of all the different people and artists I respect. Snoop Dogg included, by the way. I have a very diverse musical uh, array of inspiration. So, um, but as soon as I was Jelly like, Roll. Oh, Jelly Roll. I love me some Jelly Roll. I know we know that. So anyway, but I'm really excited to be going back there. I'm excited to um, explore Arizona a little bit more. I, I have a real, I guess maybe at this time of my life, as I'm going through these epiphanies, changes, and positive progressions, um, there's something very, when I moved to Michigan, I was, I needed seasons because life is seasonal, right? So yeah. I find the beauty and the poetry in the seasons here. I do. It's like, oh, it's fall. Okay. We're going to let old shit go. It's it's fallen off. And then winter, we're just going to let it die. And then we're going to rebirth in spring. Like we do that as people. And for whatever reason, this current season of my life that I'm in, there is something so beautiful about the desert. And it's, it's, and I think it's, in fact, there's no way I'm closing the show out without sharing this. Let me get on my master Google. Um, hold on a second. I read this and I was like, oh my God, it's so amazing. Hold on. Hang, hang tight. We're hanging like Mr. Cooper. Oh my God. That was a horrible show. It really was. I was not a fan. But anytime somebody says, hey, hang on, yeah, yeah, I'm hanging like Mr. Cooper. Uh, yeah, it was awful. It was so weird. I feel my other phone died, so I can't find the quote. Um, but I can tell you this. Um, I'll just give you the gist of it. It, it. The way it was written was so beautiful, but since I can't find it. As I have been so completely obsessed, obviously, with Joshua Trees, Joshua Tree National Park, the city, the town, the whole area and region, I was watching some documentaries and some just like more information about it, um, just because it's currently piqued my interest. I swear to God, if you ever looked at my Google search history and my YouTube search history, you're like, that girl's crazy. Like I, I, I watch stuff about everything. Like, it's just, I like to learn and you know, whatever, but basically it was saying like, why is this place so appealing and sacred and spiritual and whatever to so many people? And I think it is a great representation of you have these, the first people who ever saw these trees documented them as they were mapping the area. I mean, this is back in like the 1800s, you know what I mean? And exploring boundary lines and whatever. And the first time that these trees were ever seen, they were written about horribly. They're ugly. They're unproductive and they look mangled branches and stuff. But the fact that they have survived in such shit conditions and like continue to survive. And then in their awkward beauty in the middle of these desolate, regions you know what i mean and it was so representative of people like somehow as mangled and broken and damaged as we all are like 
you're surviving in this like desert area and you can still be beautiful and bring people joy and you it was so like parallels right and synchronicities I don't know it just when I read it I was like that makes so much sense like why I personally am so drawn to this at this season of my life you know and and it really resonated with how I felt when I was there and like I just it was like in my skin, like it was crawling. Like I just, I got to go back. I got to, it's like a drug. Like I got to go. And like, I didn't, it wasn't even a drug. I didn't have enough time. I, every one of us that went on that trip said, we wish we had stayed there the whole time. Like it was so joyous. So I'm very excited to go back. I did try to talk Charles into moving there. He wasn't a fan of the idea. He's lived in California before, but he was not that part. But so I said, okay, We'll go have these. We'll still move up north. But I'm buying a piece of property down there. I was like, I'll be a snowbird. We'll have an Airbnb. I got to be able to go whenever I want, you know. And I don't feel that way. But I see a lot of beautiful places, all you know, in all my travels. I don't necessarily feel drawn to want to move to a place. Like, I want to go back and visit it. Right. Or I might want to go back and do more. I don't feel so, like, like sell everything let's go you know what i mean so um but that's how i but that's how i felt when we first came to michigan i had that like we gotta go and we did and so that's how i'm feeling about that place and there's a reason so i just thought but when you're in the desert you're there's not all the resources you're kind of isolated you're out in the middle of nowhere and figuring out how to survive and that's kind of where i feel like i'm at in my life so i feel like that's maybe why I'm so drawn to that landscape, <clears throat> yeah. but that self-care, figuring that out and like taking care of, of you, you know? <clears throat> so, but there's no way I was like, Charles even told me he'd been to Winslow. He's like, it's not worth it. I watched a couple YouTube videos and I don't think I'm going to be that excited, but as an Eagles enthusiast, I don't give a shit. Angela feels the same. She's like, nope. If we drive all that way to stand on that corner and take that picture, then worth it to us. Right. So so don't even think that in September we will not. You'll have to be getting that Eagles music ready for the intro. Can't wait. Looking forward <laughs> to it. I love I'll, it. So I'll I'll, uh, I'll pre-download their greatest hit. So uh you know, I'm prepared. Well, you should do that anyway, and you should oh, listen should to I? the music anyway because. Can I? Can I tell you something? The, it's the best. Don't tell me you don't like the Eagles. No, I appreciate the Eagles for what they are. That does not seem very enthusiastic. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Uh oh. Uh, Hotel California. Yeah. In in my view. Yeah. Is the most overrated song of all time. Okay. So I think this is super important to talk about, <laughs> maybe not to anyone listening, but between you and I as friends, so mm -hmm. that we can move forward and continue our friendship. It is important. <laughs> okay. Hotel California is my absolute least favorite Eagle song. Okay. I do know that it is overplayed. Um, Joanna sings that at karaoke. She does a good job, actually, with that. Um, I love the song as a part of the collection of art. 
but it's my least favorite song. Um, now, we do not have to go deep into this, but I do have to tell you that one of the reasons that I do like the song, though, is because I swear to God, there's no way we haven't talked about this at some point. But so I told you, I grew up, you know, everyone who listens to this show regularly knows I grew up, you know, in the church and whatever. That song was one of the songs also like Barbara Ann by the Beach Boys. Um, there's a couple other ones. I can't think of them right now, but this one in particular, this was one of those songs that I was told as a small child had satanic connotations. It was part of the occult. Good vibrate or not good vibrations. Uh, Barbara Ann was written while they were beach boys. Brian Wilson was on a beach in California and they were worshiping Satan and making sacrifice. Like I was told all kinds of crazy shit stories about these two songs specifically by all kinds of people in my bubble at that time as a young child. So I grew up, this was taboo. Like this was, I could rebel. Ooh, I was listening to Hotel California. And so obviously as an adult, um, that is not why the Eagles are one of my favorite bands. That was not my rebellion. I just love the Eagles, but um their body of work speaks for itself. They don't have, they're like Fleetwood Mac. They don't have five, six, seven hits. They've got hundreds of hits that stand the test of time. They're sung to this day. People love them today. New people are listening to them. You know what I mean? It's just music that just stays with you. And, um, but every time I hear Hotel California, I'm like, nope, I got to sing it. I got to get all up into it because I just remember as a kid, I wasn't allowed to hear that song because right. Satan was going to get me. And I'm like, like, I kind of laugh about it now. It's just like so ridiculous. So anyway, but that is not my favorite song. So at least we don't have to argue about that. So what do is you your have a song? Oh, Favorite Eagles song. That's a tough one. Um, I don't know, Kristen. Like the first one that comes to mind is "Take It Easy," I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you when I, I hear Eagles, that that's generally the first. I mean, Hotel California is obviously the first one that comes to mind just because of my my disdain for it. But "Take It Easy" is uh, I don't know. That's that's the the other one that comes to mind, yeah. and it's not because I hate it. So I guess by default, it would be that. And I realize they have a shit ton of other music in their catalog. It's good. That's just the one that comes up. Um, but I, I I appreciate where they are in the grand scheme of things in music. They're icons. They're legends. I, and I can appreciate that. It just wasn't my it just wasn't my cup of tea by and large. You know, as far as bands and songs and things that were forbidden when I was a kid, like mine was ACDC and Ted Nugent. Like I, I wasn't allowed to listen to them. So <laughs> when, when I did, it was like, Ooh, I'm breaking, 
you know, I'm breaking the rules and I'm a rebel and all this, especially Nugent. You know, when he came out with the Wingo Tango album and the 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 album art, his arms were were guitars like that was, you know, that was scary back then as a little kid. But then you get to the Highway to Hell or yeah, Highway to Hell album. And Angus Young is in there with, you know, devil horns and shit like this. I'm like, ooh, no wonder why you guys don't want me to listen to this, but it's so <laughs> damn compelling. Well, I will tell you as we uh, put a bow on this, we started on Snoop Dogg and, and ended with the Eagles, man. I mean, that should just show you the vast plethora of uh, musical inspiration that i have but my very favorite <clears throat> eagle song is heartache tonight <clears throat> like fast song that's my yeah. fave um and it's like a hard hard tie <sighs> i love i can't tell you why i love that song and i think probably i don't know I think Peaceful Easy Feeling is still one of my faves. Like, they're just, I could put in any album they have and just drive, man. It's just so good. It's just so good. It's good stuff. Don Henley is awesome. So, so I guess everyone needs, this is my, my, my homework for everyone. Go put on some Snoop Dogg. Then put on an Eagles Greatest Hits album. You'll be inspired one way or the other. Not sure which one. And um, I just want everyone to thank themselves for, and if you don't believe in yourself, give us a call. We'll help you believe in yourself. Absolutely. Goddamn lutely. I mean, that's kind of what the whole premise is here. <clears throat> and yep. thank yourself. Thank yourself for all the hard work you've done. And you know what? That is, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, subjective. Hard work looks different for every person because everyone has a different story and set of circumstances. Some people, it's just getting up and making it through the day. And some people, it's starting 18 companies. You know what I mean? Whatever that is. But just living. If you just woke up and took a breath today and live in this crazy world and society, you're, you, you're dealing with some hard work. So thank yourself for that. And thank yourself for never quitting. And thank yourself well, we hope that people are giving more than they are receiving, you know, in whatever capacity. And always try to do more right than wrong. And most importantly, be yourself at all times. And you're a bad motherfucker. We'll see you next week on Say What. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. When the pigs try to get at you.